Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. quote a man greater than I one day will be at a thousand, but right now we're at episode 132. So <laughs> and it's a chilly 132. Yes, it is chilly. We're winter in the, is here. Winter is outside and winter is in this room. Winter has hit Charleston and it's hitting the air conditioning, the heaters and something the, ain't right all, in the yeah, studio today and it's freezing up in here. It's rough, but you know what? Oh, we are we'll so, we are so committed to the connecting faith to life podcast that we're willing to endure it just for our listeners. I hope we can endure it because I don't know if I can make it, Trey. Okay, I if you do need not to leave like the cold, I'll carry on. Oh, I don't like the cold. I am not a cold weather That's person. Why I live in the South, and we live in the South, we don't have to deal if, with the cold, right? If I want the cold, I will go to it. I am, I am not. <laughs> I don't want it here ever. Oh man! You know, global warming to me was always a good thing. I said, <laughs> "What is bad about that?" I don't quite get it. But anyway, uh, don't let Al Gore hear you say that. I, I'm not. Uh, I'll be on his blacklist because you know. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Anyways, you listen to the podcast today, even if it is cold, let make sure that people know through Facebook, Twitter, or text them or whatever you can do to get them involved and start listening. And, and I can guarantee you when they start listening, they will enjoy and appreciate it. And they'll begin spread the word too, as we help influence others. At least that's what we hope. That's what our goal is. That's what we want. Just keep <laughs> on spreading the good news. Spread it. Amen. We want to make a difference in everyone's lives that we can, so you can help us do that. Well, today we're going to be talking about a subject that uh, when people look at me as a pastor and you as a pastor, I know you've probably heard something close to these words of, you don't know what it's like, you're a pastor. And that is, what happens when a church hurts you? Yeah. And uh, I, I think that um, there's probably no one listening that has not, because we're dealing with interpersonal relationships, there's not one person that's listening who said, well, I've just never been hurt at a church. Yeah. Um, so... The goal is, I think, that we have to find out how do we get beyond that. And the good news is the Apostle Paul had a lot to say about it, yeah, you know, really did. over and over again to, to the churches. So as we do that, what do we do then when church hurts us? Yeah, because it does happen, right? And let's just be honest. I mean, there there's all kinds of churches, all kinds of people in churches, and it's just inevitable that if you're in a church long enough, something's going to happen mm. that hurts you. Mm. And and as pastors, obviously, we're not exempt from that. I mean, you and I can tell lots of battle stories where oh, we've yeah. been hurt by people, and and we've probably over the years hurt some people too. It's yeah, just it's just it's just it's just the way it is. And um, did you see the YouTube video pops about with the pastor here this week that did something really odd on stage? I did not. There was this pastor. I would like to. I would like to watch it. Uh, no, you don't want to watch. Oh, okay. it. I, I actually didn't even watch it. I read the. I saw it on Twitter. I, I don't post anything on Twitter, but I like to peruse Twitter for all the. I shouldn't peruse it. It's a bad place to be, but it's an interesting place, and you see the, the craziness of people on Twitter. So there was this this all these posts about this pastor. I forget what state he's in. It's in one of those mega churches. They mm. run five million people, or the case may be. It was his vision Sunday. He was casting vision for mm-hmm. this year and um, very dynamic speaker and all those kinds of things. He brought his brother on stage. Apparently his brother goes to the church and, and the boy, the pastor, he spit like hocked a loogie, like a huge loogie oh in his hand. Goodness. 
And then he took that loogie and wiped it all over the face of his brother on stage. <sighs> Can you imagine? No. I have ne- I have been. I can't even imagine, even if it wasn't the days of COVID. Right? I just can't even imagine. Yeah, I that. mean, I can, I've been pastoring for twenty something years, and I I have never once thought, man, I'm gonna hawk a loogie in my hand and rub it on somebody's face. Uh, that thought is, I mean, I, I like to, you know, cut up a little bit. I like to tell some jokes and all that, but to spit in my hand and wipe it. Oh my goodness! Even if it was your brother, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't I mean, even know. I don't, I don't even I, get it. I don't get it either. And I, I tell you that to tell you. There's some strange churches out there, mm-hmm. and there's some strange people leading churches out there. Mm. And you know, um, and part of the reason why I, I want to talk about this, and I don't know if you listened to all of it, pops, but um, the 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 church that was in Seattle for a number of years, Mars Hill yeah, Church. If, if, if you're, you know, if you keep up with stuff going on in Christian circles, if you're a pastor like me, uh, you're probably very familiar with Mars Hill and, and Mark Driscoll. Yes. Mark Driscoll yeah. was this mega church pastor. Well, he's still a pastor. He's just in a different place now. Uh, but he led, he planted this church mm-hmm. in Seattle years ago, and it just it just exploded in growth. I don't know. At their height, they had just a number of campuses all over the place in the, the Seattle area, and even outside of Seattle, uh, probably ran 30,000, 40,000 people. And he became, you know, just a very... Uh, famous, if you will, pastor, one of those celebrity type pastors and, 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 and the church just kind of imploded. And so come to find out there was just a lot of leadership issues. Uh, If you listen to the podcast, it's called, I think it's called the rise and fall of Mars Hill. I listened to every episode. It was very intriguing, but it it just really got into, uh, you know, just some of the the inner workings of that church and the inner work and the, in the inner heart of, of Mark Driscoll and just kind of some of his character flaws and, pride and you know obsession with power and how that led to the downfall of that church mm-hmm. and it's a tragic listen and and I you know again it it was I don't know Mark at all you know I don't know his heart or anything like that uh, but but from that podcast it was a very much I mean I don't want to call it a hit piece but it was very much exposing you know his character flaws and and even if half of that stuff they talked about was true, yeah. man, it was terrible, you yeah. know. And and so the 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 ramifications of that obviously were a lot of people after that that incident that that implosion of that church were burned. Uh, and so you know a lot of those people, at least by listening to that podcast, yeah. have have not gone back to church oh, or you know, whatever the case may be. And so so just really hurt by the church. And then you think about. You know, what, uh, a popular word that has emerged over the last couple of years within uh, the church circles is this word deconstruction. Oh, Have you heard boy. that? Yes. So I... just how, how people are deconstructing their Ugh. faith, that, that for years they were faithful in the church, faithful followers of Jesus, and so, something happened that caused them to deconstruct. Now, they are, uh, one, one famous one is, is an actual pastor, mm-hmm. Joshua Harris. Yeah. Joshua Harris, uh, years ago. All my kids read all those Right, books I kissed Dane goodbye. Yeah. He became a pastor in, uh, I can't remember the name of the church now, but it was a very large church as well under the, uh, he was under another famous pastor at any rate. Uh, but but uh, he ended up deconstructing, coming out and saying, you know what, I've preached this for years, I've lived this, but I don't even believe it anymore, and and deconstructed his faith, and mm-hmm. he's not a follower of Jesus, or he 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 is um, apostatized, if you will, the faith, mm-hmm. and so that that story is happening over and over again, where we're seeing not not only you know uh, followers of Jesus in the church, but but also leaders, mm-hmm. uh, pastors saying, you know what, I don't believe this stuff anymore, and 
and, and, and a large part of that is, is, you know, something happened along the way where they were hurt by the church that caused them mm. to deconstruct their faith. And so it's a big deal. I mean, and again, if, if you've been in the church for any length of time, it's probable that someone has hurt you mm-hmm. and it could be a pastor has hurt you. It could be someone else in the church has hurt you. And so just kind of thinking through, okay, when I'm hurt by the church, what do I do? How should I respond? Because deconstructing, right? Saying, you know, I no longer believe in Jesus and I'm going to separate myself from the church altogether. That's not the solution, mm-hmm. obviously. And so what is when, when the church hurts you because it's bound to happen, what do you do? How do you respond? And so we just want to talk about some ways that, um, that you should probably respond, or at least some things you should think through, uh, as, as, as you walk through some of that hurt that the church has caused you. And, and just, you know, here's reality as, as you're listening, um, it's painful. Yes, it is. Just acknowledging that pain. And Trey, you and I can talk about some of the pain that we've experienced uh, because of the hurt yeah. that we've experienced within the church. And, and I know there are people listening who've been hurt. And 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 recognizing, too, that uh, there, there's there been some hurt that has been caused to you that's inexcusable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that there really is such a thing as spiritual abuse. Mm-hmm. And there, there are some pastors who have spiritually abused their people. Mm-hmm. And, and and not just spiritual abuse. There's been other type of abuse that, no, that is inexcusable. Yeah. Just, uh, there, there have been some who are in leadership positions who have abused their position, who have manipulated people, yeah. and who have hurt people tremendously. Uh, and, and so I, we don't want to excuse that or dismiss that. It's, it's very real, right? Uh, so, so again, when you find yourself in a situation that you've been hurt, whatever that hurt looks like for you, whether it was just somebody who gossiped about you or it was something more severe, mm-hmm. how do you respond to that abuse or that not abuse necessarily, but how do you respond yes, to that respond hurt to that, that hurt, has yeah. been caused to you? Well, let's, let's look today at six ways that we can respond when we're hurt in the church or yeah. when the church hurts you, how, yeah. how you yeah. want to say that. Yeah. Number one, remember that the church is full of sinners. Okay, so that, that goes without saying, but we have to understand that, that every church is full of people who are still sinful people, right? Christ has redeemed us. Christ is changing us, but our, our sin nature is still present, right? And so so people within the church are going to sin. That That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Pastors are going to sin. Uh, other church leaders are going to sin. It's it's going to happen. And so not only that, but remembering that you yourself, you are a sinner within the church as well. There's only one who is perfect, and that one who is perfect is not you, it's Jesus Christ. And so just keeping in mind that that any relationship you put yourself in, whether mm-hmm. it's a relationship with a follower of Jesus or a relationship with a, a, a someone who's not a follower in any organization you put yourself in, anytime you're around people, you are around people who are sinners. Right for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we're saved from the penalty of our sin, and we're growing in Christ's likeness. Mm-hmm. But there's still a sinful nature that resides in us, and so that sinful nature it is going to pop up, mm-hmm. and it's going to do some damage. You you can't be in relationships with people, period, and not experience uh, the effects of sin in some way. And mm-hmm. so just recognizing that, whether it's on the job, whether it's in your family, whether it's in the church, wherever you find yourself interacting with people, sin is going to be present in some way. You can't get away from it. Uh, We're reading a book right now as a staff, and one of the things he said in the most recent chapter is that we need the grace of God just as much today as the day we got saved. Absolutely. And so to somehow think that we're no longer sinners because we're a leader in the church or a pastor of a church or maturing in the church or whatever, 
is probably fooling yourself. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We, we all need that grace every day. And um, so if the church is full of sinners and you've heard, you know, this over and over again, I'm sure if the church is full of sinners and you can expect that no church is perfect, mm-hmm. there's going to be hurt. Exactly. That's part of it. That's part of relationships. I, I wish you, you know, you, you wish that there would just be this, you know, automatic thing that everybody's saved, just everything works great, but it just, it's it just, it's just never going to be doesn't. that way. And I know that's a kind of a downer yeah, statement downer. to make, but, but we got to be reality. realistic as well. Yeah. We got to be realistic. Amen. Number two, remember that Jesus didn't sin against Okay. You. Now this is huge. This is huge. And this is where, when we went through it with the church, when I first got saved, this is how we had to come down yeah, because yeah. that's what kept yeah. us. Yeah. And that's what sustains you. I mean, I can think about, you know, uh, some church experiences I've had as a pastor where I wanted to throw in the towel and say that I'm done. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pastor anymore. I want to go, you know, work at a coffee shop or yeah. whatever the case may be. I mean, there's been those moments where, you know, I've wanted to give up on ministry. But remembering it wasn't Jesus that sinned against me. Mm. It wasn't Jesus that that hurt me. Jesus saved me. Jesus has been good and faithful to me. Jesus has done nothing but been gracious to me, right? And so, so you know, People in the church have hurt me. People in the church have hurt you. We've all been hurt by other people, but Jesus is not the one who sinned against us. And so just understanding that, that 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 people will hurt you, but but you have a God who is faithful to you and who continues to show you grace every single day. And and so so, you know, if that's true, right? So just it leads right into the, the next way we respond when we are hurt by the church. People hurt you, Jesus doesn't. And and think about this. Jesus's expectations for you have not changed. Remember that his expectations for you have not changed. So what that means is, okay, there are going to be times that the church does hurt you. Mm -hmm. There's going to be times that specific people, even church leaders, pastors hurt you. Mm -hmm. But Jesus hasn't done that. Mm -hmm. Jesus is faithful to you and his expectations for you have not changed. And it's this expectation for you, even when you are hurt by the church, his expectation for you is to place yourself within the church. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? Yeah. His plan for you is not going to change. Jesus is never going to say to you, you know what? I know that church hurt you. So you should abandon the church altogether. <laughs> and yet that a lot of people come to that conclusion. Yeah, and yeah. I think that is a faulty conclusion to come yeah. to every single time. Yeah. Now there may be, you know, it may be that within that church that hurts you, that, that whatever that situation was, it can't be resolved mm-hmm. and you need to find fellowship with another church. Sure. sure. I mean, that. Absolutely. That can happen from time to time. Right. It's probable that what happened in that church is just something you need to work through within that church and relationships need to be restored and you need to stay right where you are. Right mm-hmm. now, I know that there are some cases like if, if there was abuse within that church or the, then you need to move on. Yeah. You need to get into a healthy place. You don't need to stay in a church where abuse is happening, whether it's from a pastor or for some, you, you need to go. But a lot of times it's, it's minor offenses that, that we make a big deal with in the church and, and you need to resolve that and stay there and serve well. Mm-hmm. But the answer is never to walk away from the church. Mm-hmm. Jesus's expectation for you has not changed. He wants to be a part of his body because we say it all the time, Trey, your best spiritual growth, it does happen within Amen. the community of faith. And I would say healthy community, healthy community, right? Yeah. Um, 
there is more and more of this term, and probably in the last 10 years I've heard it more and more, is this term of evangelical cults, mm. uh, where these people are literally doing many of the things you're talking about, being abusive, abusive in their power structure, abusive in how they treat people. And, yeah, they do preach the gospel, but the church itself is just so messed up. Yeah, yeah. So that is a sick situation that you probably do need to remove yourself absolutely, from. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but just because you have a disagreement with someone does automat- doesn't automatically mean, I'm going to another church, yeah. you know. And we have a lot of people that tend to do what we call church church hop. They yeah, go from yeah. church to church till they find the right church. Yeah. So I've been I've been in the church for all of my life. I was, a, you know, I, I grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. My, my parents were our believers. I, I was uh, saved at a young age. I've, I've been a pastor. There's never been a time in my life that I have not been in the church. All my life I've been in the church. So I've experienced it. I've, I've been hurt. I've hurt. You know, I've hurt others. I'm sure mm-hmm. along the way. I've experienced that. I've I, I have never been though in a place. Personally, I've never been a place where I've experienced abusive leadership. I don't have that testimony. That's not my story. I've been hurt, but I haven't been in a place where I've, I've experienced abusive leadership. And I know some people, even today listening, may have. I That's have. not my story, right? I have been there. Yeah, I haven't been there. But but here's what I do know. In all my years in ministry, in all the hurt, it, it really was over things that really were kind of minor. Mm-hmm. That, that could have been resolved, but people cho- chose not to resolve yeah. them. Now I have seen some 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 big sin in the church, and I've seen you know those kinds of things. But you know, more often than not, the things we get mad over, the things that cause us to leave the I've church, said this a hundred times, the things that cause us to leave the church are things that are easily resolvable if we're if we're humble mm-hmm. and willing to to uh, forgive others. There, there are those times, right? And those yes. are big things, the, the abusive things, all, all those kind of the things like you hear about at Mars Hill on that podcast, those things do happen. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes it's those minor things that we're just not able, we're not willing uh, to get over. Yeah, that happens a lot. It does. But, but again, just remember, you know, Jesus has not sinned against you mm-hmm. and his expectations for you have not changed. Mm-hmm. His will for your life is for you to be involved in a local church for your own spiritual good. We and, need we need one another. Yeah, yeah. and and getting getting away from that isn't going to help you, Mm-mm. right? Saying just Ever. saying, well, I think I'm going to just step away from the church and I'll just watch it online until I heal up. That's not the solution. It is not. I, I hate to use the word cop out, but it tends to be. And yeah, and walking and, away from the church altogether yeah. is not the solution. So just you know, keeping that in mind. All right, number four. This is the the fourth way that we can respond when our church hurts us is be honest with your church leadership. Yeah. Be honest with your church. If you're in a position where you feel like your church leadership has done you wrong, you know, the pastor has done something to offend you or whatever the case may be. uh, You do have a responsibility as a follower of Jesus uh, to, to try to work that out. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're a part of the Northwood family and I say something that offends you, you need to come to me Mm -hmm. and talk to me about that. And, and let's, let's try to work it out. Even if you are in a situation where your pastor has sinned against you gravely, mm. I think you know as a as a you, you do what you can mm-hmm. to to work through that and 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 be honest about what's happened, not just walk away. And and you know, being being a pastor for for twenty years now, this is something that that has always you know just affected me personally. That you know, there over the years there have been people who left the church, and I never knew why. You know, I mean, I've been there. I'm going, they said they're not here. Where are they? I 
I don't know. I don't know. I've tried to talk to them. They won't. They won't back. return my calls yeah. or whatever. And, and and if I heard them, I want to know because even if they go to some other church, I still want to have the opportunity to, mm-hmm. you know, confess my sin to them and try to make that relationship right. And so just to walk away and and not say, okay, here's why I walked away. Here's why I'm leaving the church. Uh, it, it's 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 not good. And mm-hmm. so so you know that as a pastor, that that's always been hurtful to me to see people that I loved and mm-hmm. ministered to over the years something happened and I don't know what happened. They walked away, whatever the case may be. And then not to see them again or, or to have them ghost me. Right. And, ghost you. That's, right? And that's the term. That's, and, not, and not return my text messages or not return my emails, or my phone calls and just, you know, pretend like I, I don't even exist anymore. I mean, that's hurtful. It and, hurts. That, and that's not the way God intends it to be. Both you and I have a real heart for people and yeah. care. And they have no idea how much it hurts when all of a sudden this person that you thought was your friend is just, like yeah. they disappeared yeah. off the yeah. face of the earth. Yeah. You know they're here because they're on Facebook or wherever, but they will never respond, you yeah. know. And I don't want to do that to somebody either. I oh, don't yeah. want to exactly. I don't want somebody to hurt me and then me ignore them. I I want if we're followers of Jesus, just doing whatever we can to uh, seek forgiveness and 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 put those relationships back together again. It, it, it might be that that you know that person that walked away from the church. We have their, they might can, they might still choose to go somewhere else, mm-hmm. and I get that. But at least let's have the conversation and let's talk about what's causing you to step away from this particular faith family. And, and, and I want to know, because if, if we did do something that was sinful mm-hmm. or we need to know walking forward how to not do that again, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, if it was a decision that we made that was an unwise decision or the case may be, I want to be able to talk through that. Uh, so that that for my own personal growth and for my my growth as a leader, you know, and so just you know, if, if you're in a place, and I know that that's hard. It's hard to have those conversations. I get that, uh, but hopefully you're in a church where you do have a leadership team, a pastor, and a staff and deacons, where the case may be that that are open to those conversations. If if you have, and we'll talk about this in a moment, if you are at a church that where you have a pastor that's not open to that conversation then that's a problem. Yeah. But if you're in a church where you have a pastor that does care and who's who's walking with the Lord, you should be willing and want to have those conversations so that you can continue to live in unity uh, with that brother in Christ. You know, part of, part of the situation that you want to deal with it is that sometimes they misunderstood you. Yeah. And you actually didn't even say what they thought you said. Yeah. Maybe they heard it secondhand yeah, or something else. And, you know, you come and say, well, you said, and you said, if I said that, that yeah. was totally wrong because I totally disagree with that or something, yeah, you know. Yeah, and so I, those I've things found have, that over the years, yeah. just in conversations, you know, when you sit down and talk with somebody about what actually happened, oftentimes what's uncover, uncovered is that there was a lot of misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just a conversation really does fix it a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, we're unwilling to have the conversation a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I mean, I've actually gotten to the point where I say, what can I do to make this, make this yeah, right? absolutely. And they say, Thus and so, and you know, when right. you say those things, you, better, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. learned you better be careful yeah, right. because right. be be wise in your choice of words. Right. But but the truth is, is that, and um, anyway, so let's move on. Yep. Uh, and that's to number five, and and I think this is the big one. Don't burn bridges. Yeah, and this goes again hand in hand. What we're just talking about uh, to walk away and to not make any attempt at any type of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. It's not just hurtful; it's sinful. Mm-hmm. And the reality is. Uh, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, that 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 person you walked away from that hurt you, that church you walked away, that th- those people are still your brothers and sisters yeah, in Christ. That's right. That that's not going to change. You are going to spend eternity with them, and so don't burn those bridges. Right. Just again, it's doing doing everything that you know God wants you to do to make that attempt to make it right. 
You know, sometimes reconciliation isn't possible. We get that. Uh, but to, to, but, but when you burn those bridges and you don't make an attempt to, to forgive and to reconcile, what happens to you as an individual is then your heart does what? It grows bitter. Mm-hmm. And so, so it affects you. It affects your walk with the Lord. It affects your attitude. It, it hinders you uh, in your relationship with the Lord. And so, man, it, 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 it's healthy for you as a follower of Jesus and it's right Amen. to do what God says. I mean, Jesus himself in the Beatitudes said, if you go to the altar yeah. and you remember that someone has something against you, you yeah. go to them. Yeah, yeah. You leave you know, your gift you, to the you, altar, you go make it right, and then yeah. go back and worship. Right? It is so exactly more right. important that you get right with your brother than it is for you to worship. Yeah, now, that's, so, a big, that's, well, that's a big deal. Well, and, and that's the thing, right? You know, relationships obviously are a big deal to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Us, living in, us living in unity is a big deal to our Lord. I mean, the Apostle Paul, like you mentioned earlier, he talks so much about that in his letters. You think about Ephesians chapter four, he says, you made one body, mm-hmm. one baptism, one faith. I mean, we're, we're united. And Ephesians in particular, uh, you think about that wonderful letter. I mean, Paul's talking to, uh, to Gentile believers and Jewish believers. He says, man, you, you guys are one. Christ mm-hmm. has done a redeeming work in you, right? And he goes on Ephesians chapter four, be tenderhearted, kind, yeah. forgiving one another. You know, this is this is the way that God desires us to live in relationship with each other. Is there going to be hurt at times? Absolutely. Uh, but that hurt doesn't um, diminish our responsibility to do what we can to make things right. Don't burn those bridges because, because uh, you know, again, uh, those, those bridges that you burn, you know, those are bridges that you're burning mm-hmm. with people who are your brothers and sisters in Christ and will be for all eternity. And you burn those bridges, you're going to end up being bitter. And and you probably, uh, if you continue to burn bridges, it might lead to a place where you do deconstruct a, a bit, I guess, or mm-hmm. abandon the church because you, you just don't think it's worth it to make it mm-hmm. right. It's, it's a dangerous place when you find yourself burning bridges. Mm, that's true. And number six, and that is this, if you must unite with a different church, Unite with a church that has a clear plan of accountability for its leadership. Okay, let's talk about this for a moment, Trey. And let's just be honest. There are some crazy churches out there. There are, yeah. And, and there there are some crazy church structures out there. <laughs> you know? You think about, you know, churches. If you listen to that Rise of Mars Hill podcast, it, one of the things you come away with is they did not have a healthy church structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lead pastor of that church was given way too much authority, and he did not have any accountability. Mm. Right? And so if, as you think about the, the kind of church you want to be a part of, there, there obviously are those doctrinal issues. Do they hold the same theological truths that sure. are dear to me? Inerrancy of scripture, virgin birth, the death and resurrection of Jesus, you know, all those, 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 those things that we hold dear. Do they hold those theological convictions that I hold? And is the church structure healthy? Mm-hmm. Right? Is there accountability in place for me as an individual believer? Mm-hmm. But is there also accountability in place for uh, the lead pastor, uh, for other pastors that serve that church, for whoever the church leadership is? Leadership is. Is there accountability in place for that pastor uh, that 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 church can can call him out if that church finds him, you know, in some kind of sin or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be? Right. I think about our church, um, and every church has a structure. Uh, of we, we as a, a Southern Baptist church, we, we, we have what's called a congregational polity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what that means is that this church, this church, um, every person in the church, right? Uh, we believe in the priesthood of believers mm-hmm. that every person in the church has a spirit of God living inside of him and her. And every person in this church 
has a say in what takes place in this body of believers. Mm -hmm. Now, in a congregational polity like ours, uh, this church, right, uh, recognizes the the leadership of a pastor. Pastors, you know, uh, 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 in our church, right, uh, we have we have several pastors on staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 church recognizes me as the lead pastor, and so the church recognizes that, right. So we would say that this church is pastor led. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the church entrusts um, the pastor of this church with leadership so that we can make decisions for the good of the church, mm-hmm. whether it is setting direction for the church, whether it's thinking about other issues like the budget for the church, or this church has entrusted uh, the pastors with leadership in this church. This church is pastor-led. Mm-hmm. This church is deacon-served. Uh, mm-hmm. What I mean by that is that our deacons, uh, and I, I know that uh, we have a great group of deacons at our church, our, our deacons, right, they come alongside of us pastors, and they support us, and they encourage us and bless us. They serve the people of the church, in particular Amen. in our structure. Our deacons do a very good job of, of, of looking out for our, our widows and our senior adults and those kinds of things. Um, but for us, for me, you know, when I'm thinking about a decision that, that we as a staff feel like we need to make for our church, what I'll do is I'll go to our deacons. Mm. Hey, here's what I'm thinking. You guys are in life connection groups. You guys, you're around people. You know, this church just as, as well as I do. What do you think if we did this? Mm -hmm. Give me your feedback because I want to know. And so within that structure, right? Um, because we have several pastors and because we have, you know, these deacons, you know, these deacons and, and these pastors, we, we're able to speak into each other's lives. I sure. want you, yeah. Trey, as one of our pastors, to speak into my life. Of if course. you see me, you know, doing something that might be prideful as, as, or as sinful, same way here, right? And so there's that that open accountability for us as pastors on staff, and then our deacons come alongside and provide that as well. And then then further, we have a personnel team in our church, mm-hmm. right? That yep. that that assists us with with hiring and managing of staff and those kinds of things. And so so there's several layers of accountability within our structure, and then you know we're congregationally ruled. What I mean by that is that, you know, if, if, if I step out of line and, you know, I do something that, that is, is sinful and I'm unrepentant in that, Mm -hmm. you know, our congregation has every right to say, okay, you've gone too far. Yeah. We need to remove you from ministry mm-hmm. uh, in this local church. And so so there's a structure in place in our church that that is healthy and that keeps me as the lead pastor from having too much authority, right? To be exactly. a, that kind of dictator over the church that says my way or the highway. That's not the case in every church. And so when you are looking for a church to be a part of, one, are they theologically aligned, mm-hmm. right, with, with my theological convictions? And two, is there a clear system of accountability within their structure so that I can know uh, that that my pastor's heart is being guarded uh, and and ministered to and and if something happens is there a way to hold him accountable that's really important yeah, in the life yeah. of the local church and so as you're looking because I think sometimes we we choose a church but because we we like the music or because all our friends yeah. go there and and, yeah. and and I get that but but but, but be careful. There's more to it. Is, than there's that. more to it than that. Yeah. And you don't want to find yourself in a place where you have a pastor who's a spit in his hand and wiping on somebody's face. You don't want that. <laughs> wow. Nor do you want to be in a church where, uh, you know, you hear about something like what happened at Mars Hill. Uh, you don't want to be in that kind of place mm-hmm. either where there is too much power and authority vested in one man. Amen. You know, that's just not a good thing. And so, man, we, we, we are a family. Mm-hmm. And so just knowing how to, within the family, hold each other accountable, even your pastors is a big deal. Right. Amen. So now I hope this is kind of helping you think through some things, because, I, again, I know that that all of us have been hurt by the mm-hmm. church, but being hurt by the church does not give us a valid reason to step away from mm-hmm. the church. Right. I agree. 
Well, Pastor, this has been really one of those connecting faith to life moments where this is the real thing. This is what yeah. we go through yeah. every day. Yeah. These have been some great opportunities to really rethink this as, as, as the church. How do we do this? Where do we, how do we come back? Yeah. So as yeah. we close, uh, just uh, get us back to where we need to be for next week. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting episode. Amen. Not the most upbeat episode. It's one that needs to be done. Hopefully helpful though. But yeah. so if you are listening in all seriousness, if you're listening and you've been hurt by the church, I'm sorry. Mm. And I do hope and pray that you will find a church where you can thrive in your walk with Jesus and find that community of faith that you'd so desperately need. And we'd love for that for you. If you're in the Charleston area, would that be Northwood? I think we're we're striving to be that kind of church. Amen. Um, if this has been helpful for you today, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, that helps us get word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life. Thank you.